This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Because if you can tell me what your habits are, I can tell you what sort of a person you are. I can tell you what your future looks like. But like I always say, life is 10% what happens to you. It's 90% what you do about it. The people who are most effective in the workplace believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past. When people don't believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past, they begin to disengage. You're listening to The Circuit of Success, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve success in every facet of life. Only on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Now, your host, Brett Gilliland. Welcome to the Circuit of Success. I'm your host, Brett Gilliland, and today I've got the honor to interview Sam Rudolph. Sam, how you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We go way back. Oh, yeah. About two weeks? Two weeks. Mm-hmm. Two weeks. You spoke at a WashU event, yep. uh, which was awesome. Had a great panel. What was it? Ten... 10 ideas. I think uh, it was it was six, six. 60, 60. That's right. So six entrepreneurs and 60 ideas and six, 60. or 60 seconds, whatever it was. Yep. It was awesome. Yeah. Hence why I didn't go to Wash U. I can't even remember me the neither. tagline. Me so. But you went to the Wharton School of Business. That is what they tell me. That's what they tell you. Mm-hmm. How was that? It was wonderful. I um, I was the jerk, though, that was <laughs> studying business, but I was convinced I was going to work in television, and I did work in television, right. so I guess that part was right. So I kind of only half paid attention to my classes because okay. they weren't relevant. Yeah. So, you know, oops. Did you grow up out there? Is that... Uh... No, I'm from St. Louis. Okay. I, uh, I, so my connection to WashU is that I actually really wanted to go to WashU. Uh, and I got in, but I lived about 20 minutes away, and I wanted to be farther than that away from my parents. So I asked if they would move, and they wouldn't. Yeah. Um, so I ended up going so to the go, East Coast. You went yeah. out there. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And then you started working for ESPN. I did. Talk to us about that. I did. So when I, I said I wanted to work in television, I knew I wanted to work uh, for a national network. I applied everywhere. ESPN responded first. Huh. Uh, my first job was absolutely the coolest job in the world. I made highlights for SportsCenter. Oh, my gosh. It was awesome. Well, thank uh, you for doing that. I oh, probably my, watched my pleasure. a lot of those. My pleasure. My pleasure. Uh, my, my couple claim to fame are I did Mia Hamm's last game, which okay. that was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I did the Westminster Dog Show one time. Oh, there you go. And, you know, too many right, real sports to count. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that was a lot of fun. I, after doing that for a while, transitioned into research, uh, which meant that I made the talent sound smart. Okay. So, you know, if something cool happened on the third Thursday of the month in 25 degrees and it was yeah. whatever, uh, that was something I came up with. Okay. And then from there, I had what I thought was an even cooler role. Um, I was basically tapped to start a bunch of new departments and launch new products and technologies, uh, leveraging our current content. Wow. So it was a really great blend of business and content. Yeah. Well, you, and when, what year was that when you started at ESPN? Gosh, uh, 20, 2004. Okay. So yeah, think about in the last, right, 16 years, mm-hmm. how far technology's come. And, Absolutely. Because I guess podcasts weren't even a thing back then, no. were they? No, yeah. definitely not. I mean, I, I was part of the team that figured out how to deploy our first Twitter feed, which now wow. is really right. not a big deal. But that was meetings and meetings and meetings and meetings to figure out what is Twitter, what is Facebook. I was part of the team that launched the, one of the first apps which wow. again, I mean, months of planning for yeah. something that can take us, what, two days? Yeah, now it's our new normal. That's right. Now the Twitter feed's going on the bottom of Sports Center and mm-hmm. all that stuff. So, exactly. So let's even go back further than that. So you grew yeah. up in St. Louis, I you did. said, and I always like the one of my, it's an open question, but just kind of <laughs> what, what made you the woman you are today? Where do you think you found that grit and that drive and that energy that oh you've got today? Uh, well, definitely my parents. I, I, uh, 
I give a ton of credit to them, certainly for my confidence. Uh, every single night before I went to sleep, they told me how wonderful I was and mm -hmm. all the things I did great. Um, they're also not afraid to call me out even to this day when I don't do great things. <laughs> and I appreciate that very much. Um, but I've always been drawn to starting things. When I was uh, part, when I was in high school, I was part of a youth group, and I started a new chapter because I didn't like the options that existed. So yeah. kind of the the idea of creating something that didn't exist is something I've always been drawn to. Uh, most of the jobs at ESPN I had didn't exist before I had them. So it was this really great training to be a serial entrepreneur. Yep. Um, but you get all these great. Um, these great experiences starting new things. Um, but I also had this really wonderful training about how to manage people in budgets and, and how to work in a world of a really big company. Yeah. And so it was this wonderful blend. That's awesome. Yeah. I think it is funny. It's like when you look at entrepreneurs and you know, I, I mowed lawns when I was a kid, mm -hmm. I, I, my parents used to take me to Sam's and we would buy the big jars of lemon heads and mm -hmm. I would, you know, stash my pockets with those in like eighth grade, ninth grade, and I'd sell them for a quarter yeah. a piece make a bunch of money and yeah but that but don't you think that early on in life if you're kind of thinking that way it's you're probably going to go absolutely I, I think you know I, I think you probably looked at it from the economic side of I have this opportunity to make more money on right. a product right and and I kind of always thought is how can I create something that doesn't exist hmm. so almost it was never a product but almost that mentality yeah. uh, the other thing that was really helpful is I used to umpire baseball Okay. And so being two feet tall, umpiring people <laughs> that were older than you uh, was really good training, certainly to be assertive, to be confident. Um, I also reversed myself when I was wrong. And, and so that was, I would say, probably a yeah. large part of who I am, too. That's awesome. Um, you know, I was always really good at, at following baseball, but I was never a great athlete. And so I spent hours studying for my umpire exam, far more than I ever did mm. in school. Uh, and I think that was also really humbling. Um, but certainly kind of created this drive in me when I don't know something, I want to understand it and get really good at it. And did you see it as a challenge? Do you think that's oh, why absolutely. you spent time on it? I love a challenge. Yeah. I've never met a challenge I don't like. <laughs> so were your parents entrepreneurs or what did they do for a living? Um, so they worked in the family business. Okay. So uh, I, they didn't start it, but it was started, I think, by my great-grandparents. Okay. Um, but I certainly always grew up around people who worked for themselves or for the family business. And so I kind of saw that really kind of wonderful concept of both flexibility as well as ingenuity. Yep. Uh, and so it was wonderful. I, cool. I grew up literally going to work, and it's kind of cool because I have two kids, and now they come to work with yeah. us. What's one of them? I think it's all chief baby officer. Is that what you yeah, call Yeah, so we, we, the first one, Exton, uh, was our chief baby officer. When we had the second one, Odin, uh, Exton yep. got promoted yep. to chief preschool officer. Okay. And now we have a chief baby officer. <laughs> uh, the chief baby officer and his nanny come to the office basically awesome. every day. And Exton, the older one, gets kind of upset that he doesn't get to go to the office as much mm -hmm. as he used to. Yeah. I feel like I go other places now. That's right. I feel like I go learn how to be it, an entrepreneur. Exactly. There were pictures of me growing up sitting in boxes and on desks and all sorts of places. And my goal was to have the same with my kids. I love it. Mm -hmm. I love it. So talk to us about babyation. So yeah. for those people that may not know what that is, I, I, I apologize. I did not know what that was until new. Wash U. Yep. And, uh, and I learned this thing. And I'm like, this is awesome. Because the father of four children, mm -hmm. my wife, uh, Breastfed. This is, you know, it's always an awkward conversation mm -hmm. for a guy, I think, to yep. have. But anyway, breastfed, right, yep. for four children. And um, to your tagline, you know, you guys talk about on your website is our schedule was based on, okay, if, even if we were on vacation, we mm -hmm. had to go pump, right? You had That's to go right. do all these things. That's right. And it takes a big part out of a woman. And it's huge, Abs right? Absolutely. So when we started this company, we started just 
trying to make a better breast pump. And the, the kind of thing that makes our breast pump so special is that it's, it's quite discreet, it's smart, and you can actually live your life and have your breast pump integrate into your life right. instead of having to revolve your entire life around a breast pump. So for those of you who don't know, if a woman has a baby and is breastfeeding and wants to be away from that baby for more than two or three hours at a time, a breast pump isn't an option, it's a necessity. Right. You have to get the milk have out to. or it goes away. It's a supply and demand thing. Uh, and in 2014, before I had kids, that was kind of That's silly. That's what I want to dive into that yeah. as well. <laughs> <laughs> that was, I mean, this, talk about like an accidental founding story. This, yeah. this, this, is, this is quintessential accident. Um, but I read an article in the New York Times, and it said, shouldn't the breast pump be as elegant as an iPhone and as quiet as a priest by now? And I did not know that a breast pump even existed. Yeah. Um, that, that's how uh, disconnected to the space that I was yeah. at the time. Um, but I saw my future flash before my eyes, and I got incredibly angry. And I shook my husband awake. And I said, Jared, can you believe blah, 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 and climbed up on my soapbox. And he basically opened up one eye, and he said, breast pumps aren't that complicated. I can build one, and went back to sleep. <laughs> and, um, Just go to bed. I'm tired. Exactly. That's it. I, I've yeah. solved this problem. Right. And you know, if you knew him, this is not a strange thing for him to say. He's an incredibly gifted engineer. And so we actually were on a ski trip, living our, I like to call them our real lives, being real people. We did not have kids. We had good jobs. Uh, life was good. And so we skied that day. We drove back home to Connecticut that night, and we were bored in the car. And I said, let's talk about this breast pump thing. And again, never having seen one, never right. having never touched had to one. Use it, never had a child. Right. Exactly. We kind of immediately said, well, of course the this is 2014, but the current standard of technology should be in a breast pump. So it, there should be an app component. It should be discreet. You know, our whole thesis was that a woman should be able to do whatever she wants right. and use her breast pump without the world around her knowing. Right. Uh, and that, that Which is of, crazy, right? Because, yeah. again, those people that have seen it, you, you can probably, I mean, I can make the mm -hmm. noise, that, right, that they all make in my oh head. Oh, my gosh. And, yep. and we were actually, we're doing that. We have Fiesta Friday today. We celebrated six birthdays in the office. Oh, and, my goodness. And... Uh, some of the guys we were in there, you, you just remember, right? You remember the noise, remember what it yep. looks like, what you had to do. And, yep. and so yep. I saw one of your talks and, and you gave a talk and you had one on and nobody even knew. That's right. That, that's kind of my shtick. And, yeah. you know, and, and it's kind of fun because, kind of fun, right? When I, <laughs> I pitch a lot of investors, many right. of them are men. And what I'll often do is I'll wear one of our breast shields on one side and I'll say, and I'm wearing it on one side of my body and I bet you can't guess which one. And everyone's eyes kind of drop down and then drop right back up right. really quickly right. when they realize, you know, Maybe they shouldn't have done that. Right. Of course, they were invited to, so it was perfectly sure, okay. Sure. Um, but it's kind of my favorite part of doing a big pitch is, is yeah. that big reveal. Um, because we do. We have the world's smallest and world's lightest breast shields, and that's something I'm really proud of. So that's amazing. So yeah. walk us through that. So I'm a female. I'm, I'm going to breast pump today. I'm at, yep. you know... Target and uh, yeah. I'm, I'm doing whatever. What's it, what's it like with yours versus uh, the competitors? So everybody uses a breast pump differently. And, and I always like to really recognize that because every woman is different. Her needs are different. Her body is different. Um, but kind of the, the legacy pump, as I like to call them, the pumps that existed in 2014 mm -hmm. are all hard plastic funnels connected to baby bottles that hang off the breast. So they are impossible to be used discreetly. Your That's shirt right. is off. They are allowed. Um, everyone comes up to me to share their experience with the breast pump and everyone's pump says something different. Yep. Sometimes it's pump more Sometimes it's keep going, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but there is literally no way to use this discreetly. You are hiding in a closet with your shirt off, and it's terrible. Um, so what makes ours special is that we have minimized what's on the body. Uh, there's a soft silicone that touches it. Uh, breast pumps are medical devices. Uh, so they go through the FDA's 510K clearance process. Mm. And the FDA has actually allowed us to say that our pump mimics a baby's suction. And no other wow. breast pump says that or can say that. Yeah. High five. Thank you. I appreciate that's that. That's awesome. Yeah. That's a special moment, right? Even when you forget the pump for a minute. I mean, that's a very special moment between a mom and baby, right? A absolutely. You know, 
I've learned obviously a lot both since becoming a mom and since starting this company. And if so, the the, the CDC tracks um, breastfeeding initiation rates, mm-hmm. and 80% of women uh, start breastfeeding at one point in their lives, which is which is high. Well, that's a big number. Um, but what I found shocking is that of that 80%, 95% of women say that breast pumping is the hardest part of breastfeeding. Wow. Which to me, like, there's a huge problem, and it's yeah. one it's one that on one hand I'm incredibly honored to solve. Uh, as a business person, sure. As a mom, though, I'm very angry that I have to be solving it. That it's 2020 and the problem still ha- still right. exists. Yeah. So I have so many questions with this, <laughs> but just um, so the, the, obviously you got all the the product mm-hmm. stuff. I, I've looked at it. I've researched it. Phenomenal, right? Um, if we're done having children, I'd say we'd use it. You on don't want to go for five? Right? No, okay. we're, we're tapping out. Okay. Um, and so, but what is it about you? Do you think that went and your husband? Because I've got to give him credit. He's a co-founder with you. Hundred percent. And that says, hey, we've never been through this. Um, you know, I, I don't, I mean, I would argue, was it your mission? Was it your purpose, right? We talk a lot mm-hmm. about mission and purpose on here. Mm-hmm. I mean, could you say it was your mission or your purpose? I think it became that. Okay. Um, it, it first, it was honestly something that made me mad, right? We talked right. about that. Then it became something we just couldn't get out of our heads. So we thought our idea of discretion was obvious, right? We didn't right. reinvent the wheel. Of course, it should be, there should be an app. Of course, it should be quiet. Of course, it right. should be discreet. None of these, these concepts are crazy. Um, and we, so this was in 2014, and we knew that later that year, there was a hackathon at MIT to make mm. the breast pump not suck. We were convinced someone was going to come up with our idea. So we didn't go. We didn't want to mess with IP. We, we, and, and honestly, we weren't even taking it very seriously because right. we were convinced it was so obvious. Nothing that Isn't came out that of the amazing. hackathon was anything like that. At our MIT, idea. too. So it's that's not that's like right. you're with a bunch of hacks. That's right. No, no that's right. Um, and it was, you know, it was sponsored by the 800 pound gorilla in the space. I mean, we, we really thought something very similar to our idea was going to come yeah. out of this. And there was publicity. No. Um, then we knew that the same 800 pound gorilla in the space was coming out with a new product. Of course, this is going to be our idea. Let's, we can think of it. They can. That's think right. Of it, right. And and they didn't. And so at that point, a lot of our friends started to have kids. And so we were able to kind of socialize. Is this really a problem? Is this a solution that you would yeah. want? Um, and it just we we just kept you know all signs kept pointing back to this breast pump. And, and do you have a prototype? Sorry, to interrupt. Do you have a yeah. prototype at that point to where you can let a friend try that, or is that even? We did not have something that was triable, but we had kind of done a, bre- a bench prototype, uh-huh. so we could. Demonstrate, demonstrate our concept. It. Yep, got it. it didn't. It didn't fully work. Yep. Um, but it was basically if we separate this from this and connect it like this and made it smaller, would this interest you? Yeah. Uh, and and, and obviously yes. it did. Yeah. Right. So it. So 2015 uh, became a very pivotal year for us. We officially organized the company in March of 2015. We're coming up on our anniversary. Congrats. Thank you. Um, in May of 2015, we filed our provisional patent. In June, we received our first grant from the state of Connecticut. That's where we were living at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then by that fall, we had relocated to St. Louis because we received an ARCH grant. Mm, great organization. Absolutely. Very uh, very enabling for us. Uh, that's why we're here. Because they make you move, right? If you that's are right. out of town, you have to come to St. Louis. That's right. You get $50,000. Um, the one string is that uh, the company has to relocate to St. Louis for a year, as do the co-founders. I kind of like that, though. It, as a St. Louis person, all the money they get and get absolutely. from this community, I think it's great. Absolutely. And and, and honestly, I don't think we would be where we were, where we are, if we hadn't done that. Wow. So very enabling. We're incredibly grateful. Uh, shameless plug for Arch Grants. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so walk us through people like myself who may yeah. not know how big of a deal 50 grand is. What does that allow you to do as a founder of a, you know, somebody's driving down the road right now and they're like, I got this idea. <laughs> 
I have no idea how in the hell to make this become a reality. Yeah, and, and so some of this depends on what kind of company you're making. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're making an app, 50000 goes much farther than if you are making a medical device. Um, but at the time, when we were, were very new, $50,000 was huge for us. It, it basically allowed us to take our bench prototype and turn it into a real prototype. Mm. Uh, so a bench prototype, for those of you who don't know, is basically you cobble together off-the-shelf components to prove out your concept. Got it. Uh, we were able to take that money and we were able to then start building custom parts to, to really prove that our idea worked. Uh, we bought a 3D printer. We prototyped with that printer. <laughs> uh, so, you know, that, that's another part of this is that 3D printing has made new product development so much easier, so much faster, so much cheaper. Yeah. I don't think 10 years ago we could have done this just from a technology standpoint. Because yeah. even a 3D printer today, I mean, if I have some sort of a concept, I'm good at making it on a computer. Mm-hmm. It literally prints out in 3D and can change the world and yes. what we're doing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that. so we moved here in November of 2015 um, that Christmas, and Jared bought himself a 3D printer. That was his holiday present. Right. And, and I'll never forget, he spent all of New Year's Day building this printer. And then for about three months after, it was, you need a new plate? I'll print you a 3D plate. It, it, it got to be almost, you know, the running joke at that point, <laughs> but we still have, while we're past that stage in our business, you know, we still have that printer yeah. in our office and it's, it, it's huge. I'll never forget one of the most uh, exciting moments of starting this company was when we printed a prototype that actually extracted milk. Uh, that, that was probably Think the biggest that. high of this entire process was, oh my gosh, it worked. And by the way, it was painful because nobody wants plastic with jagged edges on their breasts. Right. Um, and our current product is actually better than that, obviously. <laughs> um, I'd like to note that. But I mean, that was that was probably one of the biggest highs of this entire process yeah. was, oh my gosh, there's milk. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. And so now you get here, right? We're fast forwarding through a lot yep. of stuff and, and what I like to call the entrepreneurial roller coaster. So yep. let's spend some time on that. Of so course. a lot of business leaders, a lot of <laughs> successful entrepreneurs yep. listen to this. And I think it's something we're all fascinated mm-hmm. by, right? Is the good, the bad, the ugly. Yep. Talk to us about some of that stuff. Yeah. You know, I, I, not every day is, is rainbows and sunshines right. and puppies. Uh, for me, almost every day is. And I think that, that speaks to that I'm doing the right thing. Yeah. Um, t- you know, for something like this, I think you have to be incredibly resilient. Um, you know, let's take fundraising, for example. Fundraising is very personal, especially yep. when it's an early stage business. I would say... 85 to 90% of the yeses I get are because somebody likes me. Hmm. And on the flip side... Like, that, I don't know what it is, but I like something about that, her passion, right. her energy. That's right. Or, you know, we think their idea is cool. We think they can execute it. Yep. But anybody can have an idea. It does come down to the execution. And ultimately, in something like this, it's the team that executes. Yep. Um, you know, on the flip side, though, if someone chooses not to invest in us, it means they don't like me. And that's okay, right? right. I, I'm fine with that. Um, but it, it is a very personal... Uh, journey yep. you know that the the whole you know you need people to tell you if your baby's ugly in a business like this uh <laughs> it is your baby right. you know we 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 used to joke when we only had one kid that we had twins because we had the kid and the company very close together yeah. um and, and it's incredibly personal so for for me and, and i think for jared as well we have to have kind of our our way of of getting back up off the mat when we have a bad day uh, for me, I, I like to read emails or messages from moms that talk about how a product like ours will change their lives. Mm. Um, because this has gone, you know, certainly far bigger than, oh my gosh, we have this crazy idea. I bet we can make a better breast pump too. Wow, let's actually think about the impact that a product like ours can have right. on a woman's life. Because I, I think one of the things that I'm really proud that our company has started to talk about is the new mom journey. I don't care if you have one kid, four kids, 10 kids, it doesn't matter. That postpartum period is incredibly personal. Yeah. And it, your identity shifts. And I think that this really outdated technology that breast pumps you know, have been 
really p- plays a big role in that. Yeah. And, and so being able to create a better experience, even in a small way, is something that I find just kind of magical. Yeah. And don't you think it's more than about the pump? Oh my I mean, gosh, at this point, yes. Right? I mean, at first, uh, right, it probably starts as the pump. Yeah. Because without the pump, there's there's nothing, right? Babyation yeah. doesn't exist. That's right. That that was our genesis. And that's yeah. kind of why, why we started. But, you know, now when I introduce my company, our company, I say, you know, we're babyation. We're unapologetically for moms. We're a parent tech company. And our first product is a breast pump, right? This, this breast pump is, I think, I think it's way, wonderful. Right? That, yeah. That's right. But it's a tool. It's a tool to make mom's life better. Yeah, I think you guys do a good job on Instagram and things like Thank that, you. too, to paint that picture that it's, again, it's not just, oh, here's my pump, it's better than that pump. <laughs> yep. you're, you're telling a story, that, right? That's and, right. And you see these stories from these moms, whether it's their bodies, whether it's their minds, mm-hmm. it's the, the tiredness, the depression. Yep. All those things are so real in our world, right? A- absolutely. And, and Joe on our team, she does just such a phenomenal yeah. job. She's a social media expert. Uh, the, the keys to the social media account were taken away from me long ago. As well <laughs> they should have been, it right. is not my gift. That's right. Um, but, you know, we, we don't have a huge team, but the team we have is just phenomenal. Yep. And I'm so fortunate to be working with the yeah. three people that I work with so closely. Well, when I, yeah. when I was babyation stocking, you know, for research <laughs> for this, I, I felt that, right? So as a man, just to read it, you know, you, you look at some of these stories mm-hmm. from some of these women. They're amazing. Yeah. Uh, so thank you for what you're doing. Oh, so, nice. um, so talk to us about that journey though. So like, mm-hmm. at what point did you think, okay, we're actually going to make it? Cause I'm sure there were some times where you're like, oh gosh, there's no way in <laughs> so, heck that we're going to make this. A- absolutely. You know, I think the, the day that the milk first came out was, oh, oh my gosh, ah. look, there's, there's, a, yeah, <laughs> exactly. There, there's a, there, there, we, right. we're going to do this. Uh, that was a big day. You know, the day that we submitted to the FDA. So, the FDA process, at least for a device like ours, the hard work is done when you do the testing. Okay. And then you write this thousand page document and then you submit it to the FDA. And, and it probably a, literally is a thousand pages. Literally, it's yeah. a thousand pages. Yeah. Um, and, and there's a back and forth. I'm not, I'm not saying you're done the day you right. submit. But at that point, you kind of know what your path is going to be. You know you've done all your, you've passed all your tests. You know what your predicate yeah. device is. We, were, we worked with a wonderful regulatory consultant who guided us through this process. So I mean, that day was a really big day. And that, you know, all of that work was Jared, so that that's you know all of the credit in the world goes to him. That was a fun day. Um, the day our patent issued, you know, I, I I kind of always had this secret dream of having a patent with my name on it, but mm. I am not an engineer, I'm not an inventor. I never saw that path to how that, to what that would look like. Yeah. Uh, so we have a patent with our name names on it. That's pretty cool. That is cool. Uh, you know, it, it, it's strange things like that, but. You know, honestly, it's it's when we get the emails from the moms that said, I've been following you, you know, I'm so excited, I need this pump, I wish I had this pump last week or last year. Yeah. Um, that that to me is, oh my gosh, we're, we're doing something real. Yep. Um, and then, so we're in the manufacturing process, and what's so gratifying about this process is that everything we kind of thought about or decisions that we've made are now becoming tangible things that we can see and touch yep. uh, and feel. And seeing it, it's, oh my gosh, that color is better than I thought it was going to be, mm. or oh, the finish on this, the, the details that nobody else is ever going right. to think about. Oh, that finish is better. Or when our, you know, I was so excited when our packaging arrived uh, because the packaging was something that I was, I, I cared a lot about because we're a direct-to-consumer brand and the sure. unboxing experience is really important to me. And so to see that, and we actually, we keep our box in the middle of our conference table yep. and I just look over at it and I'm like, oh my gosh, so proud. this box, I yeah. know, and it's, it's, it's cardboard. Um, but, but it's it, true. So <laughs> I learned I learned that from uh, I read Steve Jobs' book, mm-hmm. and they were talking about his dad. They took the cabinets. Down. You ever hear this story? Mm-hmm. So they took the cabinets down when Steve Jobs was a kid, and they were painting and stuff. Mm-hmm. And and where the cabinets would be, the dad still made Steve paint it and made it look beautiful. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, they'll never see this. 
He's like, but you'll know. Yep. Right. So now if you you know got our iPhones out, the inside of those huh. are just as amazing. And he said that was the learning from his That's dad painting these cabinets. Yep. And so, so I get it. Right. When I yeah. hear you talk about there's that box, right. You're mm-hmm. just like, this is phenomenal. Cause there's so much blood, sweat and tears in it. A- absolutely. I mean, the packaging trays that just house the, you know, that, that house everything. I mean, that took so many conversations and in so much struggle to get you know yeah. to get it right we could have gotten it quickly yeah. but we wanted to get it right and you know the box i'll never forget we got our first prototype box uh, prototype back of the the box the pack and that's too big and, and we you know we had to rearrange and think and really you know the the, the details that are the smallest take the longest yep. um and, and so just it's been such a gratifying year that's awesome yeah so what have you learned so let's talk to that directly to that mm-hmm. listener right now or the viewer on youtube or social media wherever it's at and they just got a failure, right? Yeah. Whether it's the, the pitch that didn't go well because yep. they're trying to start a company or it's their a sales deal they thought was going to happen went bad. It's a mom that just got bad news on something. Mm-hmm. What have you learned about failure and what can you help that person with right now? So I, I, personally, I don't, I don't believe in failure. I don't think failure is the right word for I like it. it. I, I think we all have bad days. I think we all have setbacks. I think we all have outcomes that don't go the way we expected. And I think it's how we react to that that matters. Um, look, I... When I was at ESPN, I was, as I mentioned, I always had these jobs that existed before, that didn't exist before I had them. Um, And so that means that I was putting myself out there a lot. And I had what I kind of jokingly called was a failure file. Uh, Every job I applied for that I didn't get, every job I pitched Hmm. that didn't happen. Um, Look, I, you know, not every investor I pitch likes us. Not every mom I talk to to is going to like our product. That that is kind of what it is. But none of those things fundamentally change who I am or what I'm doing or why I'm doing it. And, and I think that it certainly takes a lot of confidence to get there. Mm-hmm. I think it takes a little bit of crazy to get there, right? You know, I, I, I gave this talk a few months ago um, on entrepreneurship, and I basically believe that every founder has to be audaciously optimistic because you have to get up every single day convinced that whatever happened the day before is going to be better, right. even if it's not. Short-term memory. That's right. right. I like that. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think that's probably my greatest gift is that I, I believe in myself. I will bet on myself. I will bet on Jared. I will bet on our team any day of the week. Yeah. And... You know, I know that 90% of startups fail. I know that the odds are not in our favor. Uh, I've had, you know, kind of goals of, I just want to get to here. If we can get to this point, I'm going to be able to have left it all on the field and feel really good about it. Um, I want to get on sale and we're going to be on sale. When are they going on sale? uh, This summer. That's awesome. Yeah. And so where do they find them? So if I'm a a mom again, I want to find that new baby pump this summer. I'm having a baby. (laughs) Babyation.com. Babyation.com. That's right. So if baby and innovation had a baby, babyation. Baby I was going right. to ask that. Mm-hmm. How it, okay. Mm-hmm. If it's like Baby Nation. If yep. it, okay. Nope, Innovation baby and babies come together That's for Baby right. Nation. Mm-hmm. So babyation.com. We'll put that in the show notes as well Thank and you. drive people there. But uh, uh, if your business could talk, what do you think it would say right now? Goo goo gaga because it's still a toddler. <laughs> it's a baby. <laughs> yeah, right. exactly. Um, you know, I, I think it would probably say we're here. We're really close to launching. I think you're going to like it. That's awesome. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, so our mission, my mission, yeah. uh, our mission as a firm is to help people achieve a future greater than their past. I okay? love that. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, when you hear that, what are your thoughts? I just said it. I love it. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think I think everybody's really different, and I think that's a really personal question. You know, for me, I want to be able to make my mark. 
mm-hmm. whatever that mark is. So, you know, for me, that is, I want to, I, I have children. I would like them to be good people, yeah. kind people, um, and, and kind of have that legacy carry through that way. Uh, that's kind of how I look at babyation a little bit. Yep. I, I want, I'm trying to leave the world for moms better than the way I found it when I became a mother. Um, you know, even at ESPN, I'm really proud of the fact that certain um, protocols and procedures and things, tools that I built are still there. Yeah. And I haven't worked at ESPN for a while. So, you know, I, I always try to make whatever space I'm in, whatever I'm doing, just a little bit better yep. than where I found it. That's a big deal. So Absolutely. who's your favorite ESPN host when you were there? Somebody we'd know from TV time. I love Linda Cohn. Okay. Mm-hmm. She's a legend there. Yeah, she is. She is. The, uh, the L.A. guys are great, too. Neil yeah. and Stan, okay. they're just they're such good guys. So Linda Cohn, you get to work pretty closely with her? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did. She's, she was wonderful. How was Stuart Scott? I mean, how can you? Fantastic. Yeah, he's awesome. You know, I have to say, without fail, almost all of the talent in Bristol was exceptionally nice. Yeah. I think that if you're going to be in Bristol, Connecticut, and you're not in the hubbub of New York City, uh, you, you have to have a certain personality in order to be okay. there long term. Yeah. And so kind of all of those, I don't want to call them lifers because that's almost derogatory, but all the sure. people that have been there for a while sure. whose names you know, um, we, they were just wonderful people. That's awesome. Yeah. It's good to hear. Yeah, The person absolutely. that watches it, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? They really are a good person. So yep. um, fear, I talk about this a lot on the yeah. show and I, and I ask people, how many of the fears you put in your mind yep. have actually blown up to the magnitude you put them in your mind to be? Probably not very much. I, I kind yeah. of put fear and failure in the same category. Yep. I, you know, I, I accept that things aren't going to work. Mm-hmm. Or may look differently than I thought, but I, I don't think that we can really. I, personally, I can't really live yeah. in a world of fear. I have to just keep going right. and believe that whatever's on the other side is going to be okay. Yep. You know, we we have this joke um, that whatever that light at the end of the tunnel is is not a light; it's the oncoming train. <laughs> um, you know, and we obviously <laughs> right. want that to be a new tunnel. Right. <laughs> um, but but for the most part, you know, we just have to take a deep breath and go for it. I I really do subscribe to the "What's the worst that can happen?" piece. Yeah. You know, I'm very fortunate. Um, I have great family, a uh, really great support system. I believe that I'm imminently hireable. So if babyation doesn't work, which I really don't think is the case, but if it doesn't, sure. you know, I'm confident in my ability to get a job. I'm confident yeah. in Jared's ability to get a job. Um, and, you know, I, I think ultimately family is the most important yeah. thing. Uh, we can figure out the rest. And don't you think, though, if you're going to build something, like I know that I was this way. We, I started Visionary, my business partner and I, Tim, March uh, of 2014, so we're mm-hmm. coming up on six years. But don't you think you kind of have to burn the bridge? I mean, burn the ships, right? There is no plan B. Or do you disagree with that? So I, I would say I mostly agree with okay. that. You know, I, I think we, we have to recognize the fact that for a business like ours, mm-hmm. 90% of those types of businesses aren't successful. Yeah. So I, I think to say that, you know, oh my gosh, it's, it's, it's success or nothing, I don't think is realistic, yeah. um, but I'll never forget very early on in my pitching, uh, pitching for investors, someone said to me, you know, well, how are you going to know when it's time to stop? And, you know, I think I- I've tried really hard for that to knock it in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know we're not there. And, and my, you know, thinking about that, I, my answer is moms are going to tell us if it's time to stop. You know, moms are going to ultimately be the, de- the decider as to if this yeah. is a product and a company that they believe in. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, very good point. So what are uh, Sam's perfect day kind of slash habits? If, if oh you could goodness. design your day, 
What's that look like for you? So I love to work. So okay. there will be some component of work there. Mm-hmm. You know, one of my the, one of my favorite parts about the job that I have now is that no day looks the same. Right. Uh, you know, certainly when we were in product development, I could be bouncing from picking a color or a material to going straight into an accounting meeting to a marketing strategy meeting to an investor pitch to talking to a mom that had questions about her product. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I love that. I, I, I loved that. I love that. I will continue to love that. Uh, I love spending time with my kids. I'm incredibly grateful that the baby gets to come to the office with us every day. So that's kind of always a nice spring break to go get a hug or a cuddle from yeah. the baby. Um, I'm a person that <laughs> needs to reset by watching TV. Um, <laughs> and, I, and I completely own that. And it's generally not good TV, right. not prestige TV, if exactly. you will. Exactly. Uh, so there's almost always some sort of decompression or downtime in my day because I need that reset. Um, and then I love to talk to my friends and family, and I do a lot of that in the car. Are you a reader? I love to read. What are you reading right now? Nothing that would be appropriate to share <laughs> I re- so I, I my, my my taste in books and television uh, are about the same exactly uh, I, yeah. I don't read quality okay but you like to read that's your way to, to, to get away I love and, to read yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I am I'm the person that uh that really Kindle was made for because I used to just bring so many books with me on any trip because I read mm-hmm. a lot on the plane uh, so the Kindle has really been life-changing nice. for me so bucket list, anything on the bucket list item for you and Jared? Oh my goodness. Well, go on sale. Okay. Yeah, uh, that's that, that, that's yeah. the top of the list. I, I think we would like to take a, a real vacation uh, between having two kids and this company. Ima- we have does it involve pitching or something? That would be nice. Yeah. Um, every vacation. So we, we don't, we don't take many vacations because I travel a fair amount for work. Uh-huh. Um, but I can't think of a vacation that we've taken that hasn't involved some sort of component. I've pitched from both hospital beds, both time I had my kids. Holy smokes. Um, so, you know, I would actually really love maybe three days <laughs> on a beach yeah, right. with no one saying, mama, 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 right. or, or no one saying, please get to this yeah. right now. It's like, I can't even go to the bathroom without somebody wanting mommy, right? That's right. It's funny. Um, last question for yeah. you. If you. If you were to tell yourself, if you could go back 10 years ago, and tell yourself something. What advice would you give her? That's a good question. I like that. Oh, thank you. Um, you, you know, I, I think that it would be to just whatever happens is is going to be okay. Yeah. You know, I, I I don't think that I had the perspective or the context when I was younger. Everything felt like a really big deal. And if something didn't go the way I wanted, it was, oh my gosh, what am I going to do now? Or, you know, the advice that I like to give, um, especially people at the beginning of their careers is whatever job you take is not necessarily going to be the job that you have forever. You're not married to Mm -hmm. it. You can change it. And if you change it, that's okay. Right. And so I think just kind of having the freedom to say, whatever this decision is, it's probably not going to ultimately matter. Um, Growing up, my, when I would get upset about something, my, my parents would often say, is it going to matter in five years? Hmm. And I don't think that I really took that into my 20s as yeah. much. Everything felt much bigger than that. And I think one of the really good things about my 30s is that I have a little bit more perspective and I can kind of take a deep breath and say, yeah. what's the worst that can happen? Right. Is this going to matter? Um, and they usually don't, right? That, that's I mean, right. Yeah, take my eighth grader, something that may go on today. That's, that's right. a great question for me to ask him is, will it matter five years? Probably, Probably not. not. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, you know, and that, you know, every big decision that feels big, even in our company is probably not going to matter. I don't think ultimately our moms are going to care if we pick this shade of white or this shade of white. Yeah, no, you're right. Mm -hmm. You will. But absolutely. Right. Awesome. So where do our listeners find more of Sam Rudolph? Where do we find you? Babyation.com. Babyation.com. That's really it. As I mentioned, I'm not great at social media. I'm trying to get better. (laughs) It is. (laughs) That is probably the biggest area of opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
So we'll send people to babyation.com. Yes, please. And they can and, talk to the experts. That's right. Talk to the experts. I'm sure they can find you on LinkedIn, Instagram, mm-hmm. all those kind of things mm-hmm. uh, as well. So yeah. thank you so much for being with us today. Absolutely. Awesome Thanks for having, having me. So uh, tune in next week to another great episode of The Circuit of Success. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. Awesome. Tune in next week for another episode of The Circuit of Success with Brett Gilliland on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and through our website, circuitofsuccess.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and email any questions to info at circuitofsuccess.com. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.